0: Okay, we are in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10 tonight. Last time we were looking at the prayer of wisdom and revelation that Paul prayed for the people. And we're going to pick up here in Ephesians 2 and verse 1. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also... We all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. In the beginning here, when he says, and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, depending upon what type of Bible you have, you will notice the italics, for he made alive. That is not in any... Translation or any um, any copy that we have of the of the Greek text, they inserted it. The reason they inserted it is because down in verse five is when he talks about making them alive. But the translators were thinking that most people may not know that his thought carries from verse one all the way down to verse five, and so they just want to make you sure that you are aware that he's talking about as he made Christ alive, he is making you alive. So, and you, it should read this way, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins, and then later on he talks about the making, making alive, putting it here does not change the meaning. And I'm not, um, I'm not bringing all this up because I'm opposed to it. I understand why they did it, but just so you know, that's why it's italicized. It's not inferred from any other word. Sometimes when you see italicized, it's a word that is taken from another word. And it's inferred from it that way. This is not taken from any other word in the Greek. The Greek does not have it there. They're just pulling it from verse 5 and bringing it up so that you can know. This is what he has in mind. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead in trespasses and sins the same way that Jesus was, was dead and in hell because of our trespasses and sins. He did not trespass or sin, but he took on our death because he... Uh, our trespasses and sins were put upon him. And just as he was made alive, we are made alive. So in you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Again, that's past tense, because in verse 5 it's going to be past tense. That's why they put it in, in that way. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. So you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. This is so fun to look into this. It took me probably half the day to get my head around this again. I even went back into, uh, when we went over this and in, in, in before, to go over it and make sure that I was getting this right, because the Greek is just, it's, it's a little more complex in what, the, what they're trying to get across, so it just took me a little bit longer to get my head wrapped around it, as we say. But what he's saying here is this, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. The word there for course is the... Where did did I go with that? I have a weight on down there. So let me just take a look at the word here, course, is the Greek word "ion." It means an age or the world. Now, listen to this as Trench defines this word. All that floating mass of thoughts, opinions, maxims, speculations, hopes, impulses, aims, aspirations, at any time current in the world, which it may be impossible to seize and accurately define, but which constitutes a most real and effective power, being the moral or immoral atmosphere, which at every moment of our lives we inhale again, Inevitably, to exhale. All this is included in the ion, which is, as Bengal has expressed it, the subtle informing spirit of the cosmos, or world of world of men who are living, alienated and apart from God. This is an influence. This is, and it's of, it's it's of something. We'll get into what it's of, but it is all these thoughts, all this spiritual influence that is in our world. And if you want to see this in operation, you can see it in operation in a small scale, which we can determine a little bit easier in a small scale. If you go into a, a neck of the woods, New York City, New York City has certain characteristics of it that are different from other cities. Philadelphia has different characteristics that are different from other cities. But people who move out, from outside into certain towns if they do not resist what is in the city they will become they will pick up those attitudes because it's that spiritual influence that's there this is much of what this word is talking about so if you go into new york new york is a very competitive city they are that they they push that competitiveness and if you get up into that area you will you will find a competitiveness a nastiness about that competitivity. If you come in and down to Philly, Philly is a is a town that is very critical. They're very they're critical of everything. They're critical of their sports teams. They're they're so well known for being critical of their sports teams that a lot of people don't want to play here because they don't want to handle the 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 uh, crowd that would fill up the stadium. Different cities. You can go all around the, just our country and you can see different personalities that are in the city. Well, there's a spirit that's over that. That, uh, that city, but what this is talking about is the spirit that's over all. That spirit that is over all is a spirit that will pull you into trespasses and sins, and as we saw in the previous chapter, the whole thing that Christ came to do is to redeem us from the power of sin, not the power of the enemy, not the power of the devil. That was He was defeated before. Before Jesus ever came to the cross, Satan was defeated. But he came to defeat sin and the power of sin. So he's talking here in this verse. Let's read it again. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the ion of this world, according to all those things that are in this world that are influencing, trying to pull you in to this particular thing, way of thinking. In which you once walked. You once walked according to the course of this world. This is where you had your, again, we're seeing the locative of sphere in use here. This is where you ordered your behavior. You walked in this area of all these thoughts. The trespasses and sins kept you in this area of thinking, in this area of influence, that when this spirit would breathe, when this spirit would would, uh, cast off certain things, you would follow it. And you would go after it, and you would pursue it. And he says, you were once under that. You were once dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. We once conducted ourselves. We once walked in the lust of our flesh. Our flesh would rise up. Our flesh would pursue these things. This spirit, this ion that was in the world had things in it that we longed for as long as we walked according to the flesh. So when that spirit would rise up, we would just, oh, I need to go after that. Oh, I, I need to have that. I need to go and pursue that particular thing because I had a, a lust for it I have a thirst for it. So let's go back over here to verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. Then he says, according to the prince of the power of the air. Now the prince of the power of the air, this would seem to indicate Satan. He would be the prince of the power of the air. The ion of this world is subject to the prince of the power of the air. So Satan, as the prince of the power of the air, has... He is the influence behind this ion of the world. So when we get into this way, of th- we are getting into the very thoughts and the very desires of Satan. But we're carried along with it in what is in the world, and it doesn't have the face of Satan. So it doesn't necessarily seem like we, that we are coming under him but the sin and trespasses that we continue to operate in, if we continue to operate them, put us in to the, to the ion of this world or the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air. So whatever it is that Satan wants to do, whatever it is that his plan is, whatever it is that his purpose is, he puts all of that into the air. He puts all that into the influence of what's going on in this world. And those that follow after the power that is uh, that is present with sin, with trespasses, with pursuing things that are against God, get caught up in this and go with the influence, not even realizing that it's the prince of the power of the air that is behind it. But look at this. We're going to one more thing. In which you w- once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the, air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. When you read that in the English... It is very hard not to come out with the thought that the prince of the power, the prince of the power of the air is the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Except in the Greek, it's impossible. It's not like it may not be. It's not to be, it's, it's, well, it's a matter of interpretation if you want to see it this way. No, it's impossible in the Greek for the prince of the power of the air to be the same spirit who's working disobedience. Because there is a case that is used for the prince of the power of the air and the case that is used for the, the other spirit are not the same. In the Greek, it is not possible for them to refer to the same entity and change this, this structure of the Greek. It cannot be. So what we're looking at is another instance, another spirit. So in which you once walked according to the course of this world the spiritual influence that's there, that spiritual influence, that ion of this world, is there according to the prince of the power of the air. Again, that seems to be Satan. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. What you'll have is, it is not the devil who is working the disobedience in the people. It's the spirits that are under him that a spirit that is under him, will work inside of a son of disobedience. It's not the devil. It's not the prince of the power of the air. He's not working, because he's not omniscient. Satan can only be in one place. He is a fallen angel. He is not, a, I just heard somebody else refer to it, calling um, Satan Jesus' brother. They didn't say it to me. They said it somebody else. Somebody was referring to it, and they tried to straighten him out on the thing. Of course, he is not his brother. <laughs> he, is, he is a created being. Jesus can be all over the place. Satan cannot. He can be in one spot. So he does not try to work disobedience into people. He he has people for that. He has spirits for that. And these are the ones that he's referring to here. So Paul, who understands the workings of the spirit realm very well, understands it is Satan who is over all this. He puts out his influence into the atmosphere because he is the prince of the power of the air. The air is the first heaven, the heaven that is the, the, the atmosphere of the earth. You know in the Word of God there are three heavens. There's the first heaven, there's the second heaven, there's the third heaven. Paul was called up to the third heaven. You cannot have a third heaven without having a first heaven and a second heaven. The first heaven is the atmosphere which is over the earth. The second heaven is the heaven in which you'll see stars and moons and planets. That is the second heaven. The third heaven is where our where God resides. That's where heaven is. That's where the heaven is. That's where Paul was called up to. So we have the first heaven, and this is the prince of the power of the air. He has uh, authority in that first, that, that, uh, that heaven area there. He does not have any authority in the third heaven. I don't know that he has any authority in the second heaven. His home is in the atmosphere. That's where he's at. And we can take authority. We can do deal with things that are down here on the earth. I think um, somebody was uh, relating to talking about this. I don't know if they had a one-on-one with Jesus or not and getting instruction. I can't remember what that all was. But basically, he was, they were told, you take care of the demons down there on the earth, I'll take care of the ones that are the prince and the powers of the air. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, got, we got demons and such and spirits that are down here on the earth in our area but we have angelic beings that can fight the battles that are in the air. You remember when Daniel was getting his his, uh, message sent? That battle took place in the air. And there's where an angelic being met a satanic, one of the satanic uh, angels. And that battle went on for a couple of weeks. But they uh, eventually came on past that. So in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So, he's picking up here, in case you missed that blank, he picked up on the truth of the previous chapter when God made Christ alive. That's what we're building off of here. So he made Christ alive and you he made alive is where he's, he's going. The word there for dead is the Greek word necros which means spiritually dead, destitute of a life that recognizes and is devoted to God, a state of separation between the person and God. We've heard it done before, and you all probably know it very well. Death is not a cessation of of existence. It's not an extinction. Death is a separation. When we are spiritually dead, there is a separation between us and God. When we are born again, when we are made alive, that separation is removed, and we are brought once again back into being with God. So when you see death, just keep think of it that way. So in which you once walked—that term there—in which is the locative of a sphere. You once walked in this sphere of trespasses and sins, like the unsaved do now. You once did it. And when you got born again, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be freed from that. This is why it's such a contrary of natures when a born-again person walks in trespasses and sins. We need to get out of that. Because how can I walk according to the newness of life when I keep walking around in the deadness, the separation, the area of separation? When I am walking around in the area of spiritual deadness, walking around in the area, trespasses and sins. My thoughts, my words, and my actions come from this realm. When a Spirit-filled believer walks in trespasses and sins, and this is getting ahead of myself here, but I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. We're not talking about missing it, realizing, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Have you ever missed it you know, you, you're going along, you're doing something, all of a sudden you realize, oh, that was wrong. Your spirit gave you witness right away. As soon as you did it, your spirit gave you witness. Oh, I should not have said that. I should not have done that. I should not have whatever. You knew it right away, and instantly you repent. Father, I'm so- Oh, I'm sorry, Father. I did, not, I did not realize what I was doing, and you, you set out to fix it. That is not walking in trespasses and sins. That is stumbling into one, and then setting yourself back upright again. That is not what this is talking about. What this is talking about is you have ordered your life. You are purposely going in the way of trespasses and sins. You have justified it to yourself. Well, this is why I can do it. Well, that was of the old covenant. I'm walking in a new covenant. Well, that used to be sin, but it's not sin anymore. Well, that's old-fashioned way of looking at it. This is the this is the new way of of looking. We do things like this, and that is why my lifestyle of sin is okay. We don't realize that I've adopted a lifestyle of sin, and that lifestyle of sin has had me now order my behavior in the realm of sin and death, in the realm of trespasses and sins, in the realm of separation. And this is what is so striking about it, and Christians just got to wake up to this. If I walk around in the realm of separation from my Father God. And the intake I am receiving is an intake from this realm which is a realm of trespasses and sins which is a realm that is influenced by the thoughts, the words, and the actions inspired by the prince of the power of the air. And I am receiving them in and operating accordingly. How can my words have the power that I've learned from the words they're supposed to have? How can I take authority over sickness and disease when I'm walking in a place of separation? How can I take authority over things that come against me in the world when I am walking in separation from God? And here's the worst part of all this. What people who, Christian people, we're not talking about unsaved, we're talking about Christian people. What Christian people who walk around in this realm receive something in the Spirit... They feel it is God, but they're walking in a realm in whom the thoughts and the words are influenced by the prince of the power of the air, and they will take those thoughts as being gods. Now, how much can you be on God's side if you are taking the thoughts of the evil one, attributing them to God, and receiving them as if they were words of life? And this happens way too often. But they don't know it because they're walking around in that area, in that place. We we say this uh, sometimes. You know, there's some people who can go in the ocean and after five minutes it's not cold. They may not be present in this room. <laughs> but there there are people... That uh, they go out there and, and they do that, and they can walk into the into the ocean. Now, I I would much rather myself. I prefer the ocean to a pool. I'm not a, I'm not huge on pools. I mean, pools are okay, but I much prefer an ocean, and um, I I can take an ocean longer than I can take a pool. But like I told you before, my granddaughter is in a league by herself. She um, she can go in 50 degree water and stay in there for a long period of time. My, my hands have become... I don't just mean I'm telling you they're numb. They are numb. I, it takes me a half hour, 60 minutes out of the water to get feeling back in my hands again. And she's just fine. <laughs> she's just going along. You see, when you get into an atmosphere, you can adjust so much to it that it doesn't feel like it does to someone who's not in it. If, if you look at somebody who's out there in the ocean... And they're saying, oh, the water is great. The water is beautiful. Come on in. And so you begin to walk on into it. Whoo! I mean, even in the summer, you can, sit, you can just walk on in there. Ho! ho! That's that feels cold. And, you know, it, it's... My old granddaughter, she'll, she'll do this. She'll be in there. She'll be splashing around. And you get in the ocean in the summertime, and after the initial sh- shock, it will feel warm. And she'll see somebody who's coming out to spend some time with her... And it's, oh, it's cold. And she'll say, oh, don't worry. Just come on in. It's really warm. (laughs) Because if you get in the atmosphere, what once felt cold, after a while, it will feel okay. You'll get used to it. You walk into the area of sin and death, and initially, it's a shock. But after a while, you get used to it. And it's it's not a shock. And people come up to you and say, you know... That's the area of sin and death. Oh no! Oh no! God speaks to me all the time. I hear from God all the time. He tells me these things. But you're walking in sin. You're walking in trespasses. You're walking in death. Oh no! 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 I, I've got light on this. He's been speaking to me about. It. You see, we, we walk in the sphere. We're in a, we have no part. We should have no part in this sphere anymore. We shouldn't be in there. It, it should be a place that I don't. I don't like it. I don't want to be there. We talk about the ocean. How many people do you know, maybe not you, but they think of the ocean. they think, uh-uh, sharks. They think sharks. I don't want to get in the ocean. There's a shark in there. He's going to come get me. I've I yet to see a shark ever come near me. I have I walk in the ocean. I have absolutely zero fear of a shark. None. I don't think they're coming. I think if they do, they probably want to go someplace else. Uh, they don't but you know what? i don 't know what what people think about this, but fresh water I think a whole lot more about getting into fresh water than I think about getting into salt water because I can see a lot better in the salt water mm-hmm. but that fresh water stuff that 's murky i don 't know what 's in there, and I know all sorts of things like to be in the in the salt water. I used to have that show they on did on t v the uh, uh oh there you might remember this one the monsters of the deep or something like that. Uh, River monsters. That's it. River monsters. These are freshwater guys. Holy smokes! I mean, one, one after another, and these things are killing people. He, he gets in there and he talks about all sorts of stuff, and and you just can't really see them, like you can in the ocean. In the ocean, you can see them, but uh, not so much in, not so much in there. But people, they get their thinking so much dominated by certain things. No, I can't go in the ocean. I might get bit i might get this crab might come up jellyfish might get in there and we have all kinds of things that's that's my thinking i am not to live in that sphere of thinking about sin and death and trespasses but there are christians and this is where they live this is what they do we shouldn't be there this part here trespasses and sins This is the things that caused our our death. This is the things that kept us bound by the power of death. The trespasses and sin. The word trespasses is to deviate from the right path to turn aside or to wander. We're not just talking about stumbling. It's to deviate from the right path. When you deviate from the right path, the longer you stay deviated, the further you get from where you're supposed to go. If you were flying a plane and you nudged the steering wheel 0.1 degrees, but if you did it at the beginning part and you're flying for two, 3,000 two, 3, miles, that one degree could set you off by quite a few states. You, you may have been flying from New York to Southern California, and you throw that thing off by a couple of degrees, and you can get all the way up, up as far as the state of Washington just a couple of degrees. But if you catch it soon enough, you can correct it and get yourself back on track. But this is what this word is, trespasses. It is to deviate from the right path, to turn aside and to wander. So Christians who decide, even though God has said this is sin, even though God has said I shouldn't be involved with this, I'm going to do it anyway. They've deviated from the, the right path. They're involved in what is called trespasses. The longer they stay involved in the trespasses, the more off course they are going to get. Because they have taken a wrong direction. So that's trespasses. The word sins here is the Greek word hamartia. It's to miss the mark or to fail in one's purpose. I'm aiming for that, but I didn't hit that. I I, I went someplace else. I missed my purpose. I'm supposed to be accomplishing that. Instead, I accomplished something completely different. Here you could use it of an arrow or a spear. If you were in a battle, if you were in a war, and you had an arrow and you aimed it at your target, but you missed, you wouldn't accomplish the purpose. You're supposed to put down the enemy. Instead, the enemy is still coming at you. If you had a spear and you threw that spear... And the spear didn't hit anything? It didn't hit what you were supposed to hit? You didn't accomplish your purpose. That's what this is the, talking about. You need to accomplish your purpose. We have a purpose that God has given us. And when we in, in get ourselves involved in sin, we will miss that purpose. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all know that verse. We all have sinned, we fall short I'm supposed to hit there, but sin and such caused me to hit down here. Caused me to go down in this way. So, in w- which the trespasses and sins you once walked, this is where you used to order your behavior. This is where you used to walk. The wor- word, <laughs> word there for walked is peripatale, peripatale, I'm sorry, from, from the word to walk and the word peri, which is around or about. To walk, around, or about. That you walk and have your being, so to be, around and about the trespasses and sins. Because, you see, once I get involved in one trespass, then getting involved in a second trespass is no big deal. And then getting involved in another trespass is no big deal. This is how we're seeing the escalation of sin go on. You look back in our country in the 60s, and they were never confused as to which bathroom to use. There was never confusion. There was no one ever teaching, well, you were born a boy, but you might be a girl. No one taught that. No one would interfere with that type of thing. No one was considering marriage outside of a uh, husband and wife. But see, we've gotten to the point now where redefining words is a way of life. We redefine everything. We redefine what a boy was. We redefine what a girl was. And Now, how many genders do they say they have? That just amazes me how many... And it took this so-called science to figure all that out. But we've we've messed all those things up. Because the more I mess with sin, the more cloudy the water can be. And so there's no way that anyone would have ever messed this up. No, you're a boy. No, you're a, no, they, they would have known that. Even unsaved people knew. Nope, you're a boy. Even unsaved people knew. No, no boy is going into the girl's room with my daughter. That wouldn't have been allowed. And they wouldn't have had the problems that came up with, with those things as well. But now we're redefining all sorts of stuff. And since we redefined boy and girl so easily, since we redefined marriage so easily, we just decided we'll just redefine all sorts of other stuff. And so we redefined what a virus is. We redefined what a vaccine is. We redefined what sick is. We redefined what infectious is. We've redefined what herd immunity is. They've actually gone through and rewritten all these definitions and redefined all these things. The amount of stuff that they have redefined is astounding. We've even redefined requirement. Because now things are required that never used to even be... You weren't even... An employee was never involved in what kind of injections you got. Now they can require. We are just redefining all kinds of terms, and people are just accepting such things. So this is where we walked. We weren't dead to it. We've been made alive and in another realm. If I am made alive in a realm that is apart from trespasses and sins and I continue to walk into trespasses and sins, what happens to my life? What happens to the life that I have been given? The, um, let me go back to that verse again. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. These are people, these are sons of disobedience. That's how it it classifies them. And boy, I don't know what they were like in Paul's day, but we can sure see the sons of disobedience now. Among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, who were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. They were by nature children of wrath. Why would we, as children who have been made alive, children who have been set free from sin, set free from the power of it, why would we want to associate with people that are children of wrath to become like them? To do the things that they are doing. They have not been made alive. We've been made alive. Why should people that are made alive go about doing things that people that are not? This is what, These are the things he's talking about. <clears throat> So when he says in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience you see that word according mentioned twice. This is the word kata or down. It is a preposition which in its local and root meaning has the idea of down which uh, speaks of domination and control. So when it talks about this this here, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, there was a certain uh, domination, a certain control that those things had on me. But I was redeemed from them. When I voluntarily go back into sin and trespasses, go back into those particular things again, I am putting myself back under that domination that they once had on me, didn't have, but now they can have it again. That's why we want to stay out of these things. That's why Paul is telling them. Make sure you stay out of this. The um let's go ahead. We sit we talked about the prince of the power of the air, the prince is Satan. Power is from Exousia, which is authority. And the air, of course, refers to the lower atmosphere. We already went over all that. <clears throat> In Romans eight twenty-six we look at the word for spirit here. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness. We're just talking about the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. If in the, air, in the sphere of trespasses and sin, when I'm walking in that sphere, I have that influence of the spirit of the world, the spirit that has all the things that the prince of the power of the air wants to put in into place when he puts something new into place, we they begin to pick it up. Romans eight twenty six talks about likewise. The Spirit also helps in our weakness. How can the Spirit of God go down into the realm of sin and trespasses to take hold with me to help me and stuff when I won't operate in the realm in which He's in? John one first John four five four one through five. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God there are spirits out there and we have to test whether they are of God that tells me that there are some spirits that give the influence like they are of God and that some people believe them to be but they're not of God and their influence is from the prince of the power of the air and whatever he is giving them as influence they are receiving but they're receiving it as God if I receive it as God, I'm not on guard against it i'm I'm ready to do whatever it is that I feel like is being done, which is why you see Christians doing such nutty stuff and then blaming God for it, saying, "Well, God had me do that. God led me that that way. No, he did not. Well, he goes on there and tells us how to test the spirits. Well, let's uh, keep on going here. The sons of disobedience. This word comes from a word that means disbelief, obstinate, and rebellious. Disobedient, unbelief, impersuadable, and uncompliant. These are the sons of disobedience. How many people do you know, they get to, you know, they're on the TV, they're politicians, they're news people, they're people in leadership, different places. Do they not fit this, this, this definition? You try and show them this is the way of God. Oh, boy, they just come after you. That You can say it's the way of uh, Muhammad. You're fine. You can say it's the way of any other god. You're fine. But you say this is the way of Jehovah. mm-mm, Because they are the sons of disobedience. They will not get involved in the realm in which we are to live. But Christians will, some will, get involved in the realm in which they live. Look at the resistance they have. If we ever try and bring them into a place where the Word of God is spoken, great resistance. So much resistance that even in places uh, higher, uh, uh, the Congress, where they used to have the Ten Commandments or certain courthouses and they would put the Ten Commandments up or they would put certain scriptures up and they come against it. No, we have to have that down because they will not tolerate living in our realm but they expect us to live in theirs. And they try and pull us into that realm. And many Christians go along under the guise of, well, I have to have some influence on the people in the world to help them. But they will not move into your realm. They're very resistant to it. How is it that Christians can be so quick to go into their realm? I want to read this translation to you from the Weish translation. And you, being dead with reference to your trespasses and sins, he made alive. In the sphere of which trespasses and sins, at what time? At one time, you ordered your behavior as dominated by the spirit of the age in this world. He puts spirit there, but it's really the thoughts and actions and words, not not that there's another spirit that is apart from the prince of the power of the air. But anyway, just just keep that in mind. Dominated by the spirit of the age of this world system. As dominated by the leader of the authority of the lower atmosphere, that would be the prince of the power of the air, the source also of the spirit that is now operating in the sons of disobedience. So that is the source of the spirit that is now operating in the sons of disobedience. It comes from this area. Read it again. Dominated by the spirit of the age of this world system, as dominated by the leader of the authority of the lower atmosphere, the source also of the spirit that is now operating in the sons of the disobedience, among whom also we have all ordered our behavior in the sphere of the cravings of our evil nature, continually practicing the desires of our evil nature and of our thoughts. And we're continually children of wrath by nature as also the rest. There is still that part in born-again Christians that craves some of these things from this realm. And when I decide to get involved in the sin and trespasses, and I get pulled into that sphere, I'm operating in that sphere, but I still think I got the connection to God. And the things I pick up in the Spirit, I still think are coming from God, and I go ahead and I follow them, and I do them. This is why you got a lot of people, Christian people, saying that they're giving in to the influences of God, and they're doing things in church that are not right. Go back up to verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy. Why is God rich in mercy? Is it that God just loves to forgive people? To give people what they don't deserve? No. But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love which He loved us. I put this in your outline for you because this is an important concept to know. Great mercy comes from great love. If we lack for mercy, we lack for love of those needing it. If I feel shut down in mercy, it is because I have no love, I do not have the love that I should have. Now get this, this is in your outline, you can get this if you want to. If we walk in a natural or human love, we will have a natural or human mercy. If we have a selfish love, we will have a selfish mercy. Just because I feel merciful does not mean that mercy comes from God. If I walk in the wrong kind of love, I will operate in the wrong kind of mercy. God does not always extend mercy. If he did, it wouldn't be mercy. It would be automatic. But he extends mercy, and that mercy is in him because of his great love. Well, that great love has parameters for which it operates, which also dictate how the mercy gets handed out. But if I walk in the wrong kind of love, if I get wrapped up in a selfish love, then I'm only going to have mercy for those who benefit me. If I'm going to walk in a, in a lower level of love, I am going to operate in a lower level of mercy. It's not a mercy that operates the way God does. If I walk in a natural love, if I walk in a human love, then I'm going to have that natural, that human mercy. And I'm going to, to extend it on a natural or human label, level, not a God level. God extends it on a God level. And we look sometimes we look at it and say, well, I wouldn't have extended mercy there. You aren't God. Well, I would have extended mercy there. You aren't God. I, if I operate by His mercy or His love, I will operate in His mercy. That's why we got to have that love working in us. Even when we were dead, we were undeserving and unappealing. We were dead in trespasses and sin. There was nothing that made us look appealing. There was nothing that had us deserving. But even when we were dead in those trespasses and sin, God still came after us. He made us alive. Glory to God for that. But God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So we were We were ugly, we were caught up with nasty stuff, doing nasty things, and still he made us alive. The word made us alive here, to cause, to live, to make alive, or to give life. To cause, to live. I like that one the best. God saw we were dead in our trespasses and sins, there was nothing about us that made us have any kind of appeal. He came on down and he made us alive. And by putting that life in us, we have the ability to get out of that ugliness that we were once in and to go into to something far better. But yet Christians will still go back in. Now together with Christ refers back to verse one, chapter 1 and verse 20. In Romans 6 and verse 3, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through the baptism unto death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. We should walk in the newness of life. In other words, we should be operating in the sphere outside of sin and trespasses. We should be walking in the sphere in which God has made us alive in In that sphere is the communion with the Holy Spirit. In that sphere is where he can come along next to us and help us on these things. He's not going to get into the muck and mire that the devil's in. He's not going to come into that influence area. We have to come to where he is. And he made it easy for us. Here's the way. Come on, I'm elevating you. I'm taking you from the area of death into the area of life. Now walk in it. That's all we got to do. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So why in the world are we going to get involved with it again? We sure don't need to be doing that. We need to stay out of it. Verse Verse. Eight. let's read that one for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them oh by grace we have been saved through faith for by grace we have been saved through grace this is accomplished by grace and through faith. There are some things that are done by grace alone. And our faith is not involved. Is your faith involved in the rapture of the church? That's a grace act. He's, he's going to do it. He's, it's the grace of God that comes on down. I don't have to believe that this will happen on a certain day. I don't have to believe it's going to happen in a certain time frame. I don't have to believe that it's going to happen before, during, or after the tribulation. All I got to believe, it's going to happen. That's it. And by grace, He gets it done. So there are some things in the Word of God, some things in our lives that are that are done by the grace of God. There are other things that are done by grace and faith. And there are still some things that are done by faith. When the woman was healed with the flow of blood, did Jesus say to her, the grace of God has made you well. No, he didn't say that. What did he say? Your faith has made you well. Sometimes you ought to just sit on back and just think of some things. Make a, Maybe make a list. What things in the word of God are done by the grace of God? What things are done in the word of God by faith? And what things are done by grace and faith? But this is one that is done by grace and faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So grace gave us the opportunity, but it's my faith that had to take hold of it. And that not of yourselves. I didn't bring it about. The grace of God brought it about. But by faith, I took hold of what was there. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So the part that was done by grace, I didn't earn it. I was ugly. I was undesirable. I was caught up in sin. And the grace of God gave me the opportunity. But just because the opportunity came doesn't mean that everybody takes it. If it was by grace alone, then the work of the cross, as some people errantly teach, the work of Jesus on the cross would have saved everyone if it was by grace alone. It's not by grace alone. It's by grace and our faith. I have to see, well, here's the grace gift, and then I need to receive it. I need to say, I will take that, and by faith, receive it. This is something that is done by grace and faith. Both are involved. If my faith falters, I'm not saved. The grace of God is going to come through. grace of God already has come through. That part has been done. For by grace you have been saved through faith, That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We were not created for works that are done in the sphere of sin and trespasses. That's not what we were created for. We were created to receive what God has given and then to produce good works. That's our purpose. Sin will cause you to miss that mark. For we are his workmanship, workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's prepared that. there's our predestination part again. He has laid it out. This is what you should be walking in. But some Christians have decided I'm going to walk in these works over here instead. I'm going to walk in the, in the things of the world. I'm going to go after the things of the world. I'm going to do the things that the world sees are important because I need to reach the world. I gave you a couple of blanks, I guess, there. But some are, some are by grace and faith. These are made available by grace. They're made available by grace, but accessed by faith. By faith, that's how I'm accessing them. They are made available by grace, but accessed by faith. For good works, this is what we were created for. This is our purpose. So, let's wrap this up. As believers, we are not to walk as the world. Now, it might seem simple. You know, we might even think, I already know that. Mm. <laughs> but we've got to understand it in this light. Making decisions on partial information, and without hearing from God on it about people and events, the spirit of this world does not believe the best in people. It believes the worst. That is not okay for us to do. It is not okay for you to just go along with what the world sees in this. It's not okay for you to go along with what you feel about something. Well, I just feel like brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so ought not to do that. It is not okay for you to be reacting by your emotions. This gets us to walk according to the death we were once delivered from. Instead of the life we are transformed to. When I decide as a believer that I'm walking as a believer, I am walking in the realm not of sin and not of trespasses. And a spirit begins to whisper to me, so and so is doing such and such for the wrong reasons. I either shut that down or I entertain it. And if I entertain it, it's going to start taking me down a road where I'm not believing the best. I'm not doing what God said, but I think I'm doing all right and that I'm doing what, I'm doing God's work. Well, I need to help that person, so I'm going to help that person by talking to this sister over here, this brother over here, and telling them about it. That's not helping them. You see how I've walked into the area of sin and trespasses, and I'm doing things that are not according to the thoughts of my father, They're the thoughts of the prince of this world. When we as Christians order our behavior in the wrong sphere, we can put ourselves under the influence of the spiritual forces of this world. That's not just missing the mark. As we said, realizing it right away and repenting, that's what you need to do. But the missing the mark is to have the devil give us a thought about a brother or sister, to give us a thought about something that's going on and just have us veer off a little bit and then keep us on that path so that when we get to the end of our destination, we have missed our mark. Now, Christians who do this fail to discern the difference between the two sources and pass off what comes from the spirit of the prince of darkness they pass it off as a spirit of light and they cannot discern the difference between the spirit of light and the spirit of the world or the spirit of darkness and they're getting confused and they're following the wrong path and then they get stuck in something and they begin to say God help me but they're out where God isn't and they're operating in a sphere where God is not they got to repent and get out of that this is a failure to walk in the life we were delivered to, continuing in the dark, the death or darkness we were delivered from. Don't have a failure of walking in the life. We've been called to life, don't walk in death. When I'm giving in to thoughts of thinking less than the best of the people that are around me, I'm giving in to walking in darkness. And I may not recognize it right away, but if I give in to those thoughts, well, brother, so-and-so, they shouldn't be doing that. They ought to know better than doing that. If God is not involving me in brother so and so's life, I have to kick that thought out of my head. I don't need that thought. That's my that's my Father servant. If He calls me into doing something, I'll I'll answer and I'll do that. But I'll go to that person directly and talk to him about it, and then we're done. You can just just go on. Now I wrote down this to help me anyway. An easy way to know. If this is or has happened to you is when you know something you do continually or live in is not from the word and is warned about. The word of God warns you about it. Yet you do it and justify why you do it. If I am living a lifestyle, if I am living in a particular way, if I am going after a particular thing on a continual basis, I know the word said thou shalt not gossip. I know the word I know the word said thou shalt think the best of of people. I know the word said thou shalt love your neighbor. I know the word said all these things. And if I alter my behavior and I walk in a way that is against that, I begin to justify it. In my I don't I don't repent. I justify it. And that's exactly what Saul did when he was rejected by God. What is this bleeding of sheep that I hear? Uh Uh-huh. Well, yeah, well, the people, they say the best. See, we begin to justify. He's not the only one who did it. Other people did the same thing. You begin to justify why leaving the Word and going in this other direction is okay. If that's what you're doing, you don't have to wonder. You are walking in the wrong sphere. Guard against accepting and walking in the, the ion or thoughts and thinking of this world as dominated and promoted by the prince of the power of the air. I got to guard against it. I'm always on guard against this. I try and constantly look at what is the present day influence, the present day ion of the prince of the power of the air because it's not always the same. What we're going through now is not the same thing people went through 20 years ago. It's not the same temptations. It's not the same um, forces that are coming against you. They change. Because if you don't keep changing the way that you attack, then people have built up the defense against that. They've got to, The enemy knows he's got to keep changing things. So you have to always be listening. What is the spirit of this world influencing people, Christians, to do. And you've got to stand on guard against that. I got to, me personally, I have to stand on guard against this for my life, and I have to stand on guard against this for the church. Because if the pastor is able to be influenced by these things, then the influence will filter on down. Now, of course, there's some people in the, that get in churches and they say, they oh, wait a minute, that's the wrong influence, and they'll, they'll put up a resistance to that. But you have to be be watchful of this. Because these things try to infiltrate the light. They will work that way. You just look at some of the spiritual leaders. There are people in this world that people consider to be leaders. Now, I don't. But some people look at the Pope as a, as a leader. I never have. I was never brought up to look at him as a spiritual leader. But there are people that do. And so when they put this new guy in there, and he's uh, so much against the things of the Word, and says things that are against the things of the Word, well, that some people bucked against that. I heard uh, there's a report out that he may not make it past 20, year 2022. There's something going on in his in his health. Um, so you can't go against the things of God like that and not have uh, repercussions. But that's for them. He's he's not an influence for me. There are other people out there that could be an influence for me. I have to watch out for that. i got to make sure I don't let people that I've allowed to have influence on me to steer me, in a way, into the world's thinking. You always have to stay on guard against it. That's why you keep coming back to the Word. you got to keep coming back to the Word. You cannot stop coming back to the Word. I have to keep coming back to the Word. I expect God to keep showing me more light in the Word of God. That more light is going to help me against what the prince of the power of this air is putting into the thoughts, into the words, into the actions that are in the air, the atmosphere around here, that people who do not resist it just follow and flow. So much of this we see with, with our world. One more thing I wrote down. Something in you should rise up when you do begin to follow after the things of the world. Something in you should rise up when you begin to see the thoughts and thinking of the world affecting other people. It should, it should rise up in you when you begin to see, wait a minute, that's not, that's not even sensible what you're doing right there. That's, that is so, so much against the things of God. But the enemy just got people all bound up. If something does not rise up in me when I see so many in the world be carried about with these thoughts that from the ion of this world system... If it doesn't rise up inside of me, then I'm probably in the wrong sphere. When we see how much evil has gone on in the abortion area and the things that they are willing to do now, that you can have a baby on its way down the birth canal, and as long as we can stop that baby, keep it in there, we can kill it. And they do. Can you imagine that kind of evil? And they're okay with it. This is the thinking. See, that, that kind of stuff should bug you. It should bug me because I know what God thinks about those, those young ones. I know what he thinks about those gifts. I have to make sure that I keep God's thoughts. I stay in God's realm because the other side is trying to pull you over. Brother Hagin used to tell us all the time, If you stay in the realm of faith, you would defeat the devil every time. But he wants to try and get you into another arena. If he can get you into the arena of emotions, he will win. If he can get you into the arena of good reports, he will win. If he gets you into another arena outside of faith, he will win. But if you keep him in the realm of faith, you keep keep yourself in the realm of faith and make him come on your home turf and battle you there, he will lose. You stay in the area of light Don't go over into the area of darkness. You will win. You will hit your mark. The devil is constantly trying to pull us out with the thinking and the thoughts that are in this world. The prince of the power of the air, the thoughts and the ion, as the Greek puts it, of this world system is here. And he constantly influences it. He constantly changes some of the emphasis that, that is there to pull us into another thing. Think of all the things that the virus and the vaccines and stuff has done. One thing it has really done is put people in fear. And that is of the devil. God does not give us a spirit of fear. He's not out there to make us be afraid. Whatever it is that he can do to get people to think in a different way from God. He can get you outside of the arena that you're supposed to be operating in for life. And He knows then He can win. Father, we thank You that Your Word is light. As long as we bring everything back to Your Word, stay in Your Word, follow after Your Word. When Your Word tells us, do this, don't do that, stay out of this, this will hurt you, we do it. Well, the Bible told me, stay out of that realm. Don't get involved in this thing over here. Get involved with this, do these particular things, and we focus on what the Word tells us to do. We walk in the light. And the devil gets frustrated because every time he puts a stumbling block before us, we see it because we are in the light. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.